Welcome to this episode of Athletic Training Chat. In this episode, Austin interviews Sam Edkilski, uh, who is an athletic trainer in Wisconsin at a high school. And in this episode, they talk about Sam being part of the first Masters in Athletic Training class at UW-Milwaukee, the same one Austin is just wrapping up, uh, being a female in a high-level sport and just in general holding your ground as a female in athletic training, and then looking at also being the only athletic trainer at the largest high school in Wisconsin, which presents its own challenges. They also get into how to deal with your first year um, challenges, successes, and some things that you can look to utilize to help get through that first year of being a certified, which is its own unique challenge in trying to figure out so many things as you get going. As always, we are powered by Mueller Sports Medicine, so please give them a look as you're getting ready for all your upcoming orders for the new year. Please enjoy this episode. Welcome to this episode of AT Chat presented by Mueller Sports Medicine. I am here with Sam. Oh, I don't know how to say your <laughs> last name. I'm not even going to try. You want to say it for me? Ed Kilski. Ed Kilski. See, I would have butchered it, so I, I'm glad you <laughs> for me. Uh, You're not the only one. Yeah. So Sam is an athletic trainer, athletic trainer here in Wisconsin. Um, she was actually in the same Master's of Science program as I was. She was in the class ahead of me. Um, she is currently finishing up her first year as a certified athletic trainer. So we thought I'd bring her on, kind of talk about her first year being certified, what she's gone through, some of the challenges that she's had. And especially right now, we're kind of in a really weird time with uh, Corona hitting everyone. So we'll talk about that a little bit. But uh, Sam, if you just kind of want Take it away, talk about your background a little bit, and how you yeah. got into athletic training. So I originally wanted to be an athletic trainer starting in high school. I managed the boys' baseball team all four years of high school. So I spent some time in the athletic training room, you know, getting, like, med kits together for traveling and stuff like that. And I was like, hey, this is a pretty cool gig this guy's got here. Right. Um, so my high school athletic trainer kind of introduced me to, like, more of what he does and stuff like that. So then I did my undergrad at UW Oshkosh, and I originally actually got into their athletic training program there. But I also golfed in college. So they said, you know, like both of them require a lot of hours and a lot of time commitment. So they right. said, like, you should really pick one or the other. It's going to be really, really hard to do both. At that time, I picked my sport mm-hmm. and I decided to do a undergrad in kinesiology with an emphasis in exercise and fitness. So I graduated with that degree and didn't really know what I wanted to do then. Mm -hmm. Um, So a lot of the kids either did like the personal training, the PT route or the OT route. So I took a gap year between undergrad and grad school and worked as a rehab aide in the hospital that I'm currently working for. So I've been with this company for a long time. 
Um, but I worked as a rehab aide and kind of more shadowed like the OTs and PTs and inpatient. And I realized as I had already been accepted to an occupational therapy school in Minnesota, that it wasn't for me. And I was like, I don't see myself doing this. I don't know why I just spent all this time on applications and money on applications. Um, and even though I was accepted to school for occupational therapy, I was like, I can't, I can't do this for the rest of my life. And yeah. thankfully there was an physical therapy intern that was working at the hospital with me. And she's like, Hey, UWM, I think has like an entry level athletic training program or something like that. And I was like, really? Mm -hmm. So I applied to that. And a few months after I actually found out about it, I was starting school. So it's like, I did like a full circle, like started athletic training, went to OT, went back to athletic training. And it was honestly like, if she didn't tell me that Milwaukee had this entry level program, I would probably be hating my job. <laughs> right? No, that's awesome. So you were actually in the first MS and AT class in Milwaukee, right? Mm-hmm. I, I should know that. I'm in the second. So <laughs> I should definitely know that. Um, so I guess if you kind of want to talk about that experience, maybe just cover a little bit of it, because I'll admit, even in the second year of that program, there are still some kinks that need to be worked out and some challenges. So if you kind of want to talk about what it was like making it through that first year a little bit. Mm hmm. So I'm not gonna lie, we were like the guinea pig class. Um, and this is not to badmouth them at all. Like, I totally get it. Like you everyone <laughs> has to be the first at something. Right. Um, but we kind of instead of looking at it as like a negative thing, we looked at it as a way to like, pave the way for like the future classes. So, like if we didn't like something, we made sure that we, we spoke up and like, hey, this didn't work. Like it might be better to do it this way or hey, we really liked this. Like make sure you guys keep doing that. Um, and then there was the whole like KD accreditation phase that we had to go through. So the KD administration people came in and like sat down with us and talked with us and asked us all these questions. And I think they did that within like our first few months of being there. So we were like, we're still super new at everything. Yeah. Um, but no, it was cool. There was only four of us in the class, so it was super small. So we everyone knew everything about everyone. Right. Um, but no, the professors were great. They helped you literally with like anything you needed, whether it was like athletic or training, athletic training or life related. Um, but yeah, it's kind of cool to say like we were the first first MSAT class of UWM. Right. So I guess we can kind of piggyback off that a little bit generally before that most programs you know you had your your freshman year where it was kind of your observational year and then you really had three years of athletic training education whereas this was pretty much all the educational stuff was pretty much jammed within that first year mm -hmm. so um can you kind of talk about bag feeling because i know personally for myself that first summer was all right because you know you don't have a whole lot going on there. You have your clinicals, but that first fall hits, and it honestly felt like I was being hit by a train every day. It was yeah. a lot. Yep. So I guess can you talk about kind of how you managed that? And were there any challenges that you ran into there? So 
we actually made a joke. I think we actually told you guys this when you guys started. We're like, if you can make it through the first fall semester, you can make it through the program. Because um, like you said, that summer, I think you have like anatomy, an intro class, where like you basically learn how to make a resume mm -hmm. and maybe one other class. I'm not, I don't even remember. I think it was but like, like emergency care or something. Yeah, if you can, like summer is like getting you into it. And then that fall, if you make it through fall, you, you, you got it. Like it's, yeah. it's a breeze from there. But I think I'm glad that we had that right away in the fall semester. Cause it kind of like prepared you. Like you didn't, I'd rather you'd start hard and it gets easier. Cause then you kind of have like your awareness up of like, okay, like I need to have everything together. I need to manage my time. I need to figure out how I'm going to get all this done. Cause like you didn't really have an option. Like, it was like get it done or you don't move on like right you just had to like prioritize like okay maybe i don't need to go see my friends on a friday or whatever like i need to study for the practical or i, I have to do my clinical hours because like you just you have to do it like there's no really option rather than to just get it done <laughs> no definitely for me it was definitely an adjustment period that you were 100 percent right i'll tell you that now that first mm -hmm. semester was a bear but once you get past that one it was uh easier and i think it kind of sets you up for the world of athletic training because like you're always going to have those times where you're super super busy and like you don't know how you're going to do it and then you're going to have times where you're like okay i wish i had something to do <laughs> yeah no definitely um excuse me sam i'm going to pause the recording quickly um i just something came up here one second all right we're back there. I kind of lost our train of thought. I think we were talking about kind of that first semester, making it through that. Yeah. But I think um, kind of moving on is with it, the clinical experience is different a little bit as well. Um, and I think I was talking to some of the undergrads I had a rotation with and comparing it to them. And I know for at least me, or at least that first semester, I found pretty tough just because mm -hmm. you go in that first semester and honestly, for the most part, you don't know anything. So <laughs> but it's extended, a lot of standing around and maybe putting some band-aids on, but. I, I think it's like first aid and like the basic ankle tape. Right. I think that's it. <laughs> no, definitely. So I think, I think it was really interesting to see how it changed, like because everything was so accelerated for us especially mm -hmm. going into that second semester. But um, I guess going on that, for people who may not know, our program at Milwaukee, the way it's set up is that first year, so your summer, all the way through your um, second summer there, you have classes mixed in with clinicals. So there's a lot more, there's a lot of balancing going on between the academic work, which is pretty high i think it was like 16 credits in the fall and spring. yeah something like that yeah it was, uh yeah i definitely broke down a couple of times on that but <laughs> but no but then the fall and spring of your second year it's a full-time clinical immersion mm -hmm. so i guess it's nice that you get everything out of the way but, and you have full-time experience for almost the entire year there yeah so I, I guess with that leading into, can you kind of talk about your immersion experiences, your first one being working college football? Mm -hmm. So 
I actually started my first clinical rotation at the end of June, I believe. So I actually did it from beginning of July through like the first week of January. So I did college football for a Big Ten school. And I knew like from the time I started athletic training, I knew I wanted to be at like that high level, like either NFL, college football, something college level or higher. So I figured like my clinical experience, like I want that upper level of an athlete. So I started, or I got accepted to this program. And the first thing I thought was like, I really don't want to deal with the cocky athletes and like think they're entitled to everything and that we're just there to give them water and massage their legs. Um, But it was like, it was literally everything completely opposite of that. So the athletes were probably one of the nicest athletes I've ever worked with, you know, very thankful for everything. And this rotate, that clinical rotation, honestly, like taught me, or like it put me in the spot I am today, like my mindset, my work ethic, everything. Um, they basically like you were, they treated you just like any other athletic trainer. They didn't treat you like a student. So like you were held responsible. So athlete walks into the athletic training room and they like, Oh, my shoulder hurts. It was up to me to do that eval, come up with the treatment plan, everything. I would share that with my preceptor and he would say like, okay, yes, that's good. Or maybe tweak some stuff here. So it was really up to me to treat that athlete, take them through their rehab, work them back into like partial practice or full practice. Um, That clinical rotation also gave me the experience of traveling. So we traveled all the way from California to New Jersey. We did the whole, the whole coast to coast. Um, And that taught me like literally when you're on the road, what you have to pack and like AT wise and personal wise. I packed multiple semi trucks and packed an entire ATR into five or six bins. And it just, it taught me a lot of, again, time management and how much like work you have to put into something that you really like. I think we were doing like 65 to 75 hour weeks, but if you love it, then it's really not like work. I, I think like the, when we were still in summer ball, I was like, this is nuts. And I don't want to do this, right. but like once, once like you get used to it and you kind of like, you're like, okay, this isn't that bad. And you like get to know people and like get into your routine. It's really like, okay, yeah, I love this. And it like that, I think that is when I like figured out like, yes, okay, this is like really what I want to do. Yeah, no, definitely. I think that's one thing that at least from our program that I found really beneficial is that yeah, your first couple of semesters, you get, what, 250 hours, maybe? Yeah. But then that last year, it's full on in. Because mm-hmm. that, uh, my first rotation, I worked uh, D3 football. And okay. It's not as intense, but, you know, you're still there, and it's the same expectations. Yep. You're the one that evals, you're the one that rehabs. And in some case, in some instances, you might be even a little more. Um, expectations just due to the fact that there's no for me there was only one certified for our football team Mm -hmm. so it you really learn how to operate independently and you kind of figure out what you like and what you and how you operate but were there 
were there any major challenges that you found working at that high level sport? Because yes. D1 athletics is a world of Excel, but especially once you get into like power five football. So I guess if you mm -hmm. want to talk a little bit about that. So first off, the athletes are huge. Mm -hmm. um, so like even just like having them on a table, they're, they're so like, to get to their shoulder I'm like okay you either got to sit on the ground or I got to stand on this table like we got we got to meet meet in the middle so a they're huge b there's like a higher level of stress from coaches like they want those kids back like now mm -hmm. um I I just there was countless days that I was making trips down to Chicago with athletes to see like specialists and doctors and do like PRP injections and all this kind of stuff and that's something I never got in the clinic side of it. So like the interaction with the doctors and the interprofessionalism, that was, that was really cool. Um, I remember my first, my first day at the school and they sat us down in the room and they said, there's a bill that's been passed that makes gambling legal. They said, so when oh, you're yeah. walking, when you're walking from the facility across the street to the practice field, there's going to be people outside asking you questions. And they gave us this like statement that we had to memorize and like what we would say to them, like if someone asked us a question and basically saying like, we don't know, ask so-and-so and basically right. like deferring all questions and it just like the amount of just un unbelievably amount of like press that are just sitting there watching practice. I'm like, go home. <laughs> like, yeah. why are you standing out here when it's like a hundred degrees on the turf? Just like get a picture of someone like that I'm stretching or I don't know. It was, so that was definitely an adjustment going from, I was in, I was in an ER rotation and then I go to like this. So it's like complete opposite. So yeah. that was a, that was a big adjustment. And just like, also a lot of the kids were trying to declare for the draft the NFL draft so there's like pressure from that to get them back and healthy for like the recruiting days and when like mm. NFL coaches would come watch practice and like so the kids were always stressed that coaches were always stressed and that put the stress on us but it honestly like made me a better athletic training student because I think having that extra pressure at least for me it made me like work harder I guess because there was yeah. more at stake I don't know. I don't know how to explain it. It just like made me, it made me like, okay, like don't screw up. Yeah. No, it kind of sharpens your focus when you have a lot more eyes and people a little yeah. bit more high strung there. Definitely get that. Um, so I guess after that rotation, you went back to UW Milwaukee and mm -hmm. um, did track and field, right? I, I kind of did a lot of everything. Yeah. A little bit of baseball, a little bit of track and field. Um, yeah, kind of dabbled everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> Wherever they needed help. Right. Um, so after that, you graduated, and I guess you want to take, up, take me through kind of your path right after that. You're newly certified. Um, right now, I know you work for Freighter. Mm -hmm. So that's a hospital group, if anyone knows what that is. Um, but I guess, was that your first job where they're – um, before that, I guess, take me through your first year a little bit. So, um, my first, until I landed this job, it was kind of a whirlwind. Um, I had a few job offers that came through. And 
they weren't I was being picky which is kind of selfish of me but like they weren't gonna work out um I was at a high school before I came here and they didn't view athletic training as a full-time job so Mm -hmm. I was being paid as a coach so what they did was there was four tiers of coaching or coaching levels and for example like head football coach at this high school was tier one tier four was like part-time bowling assistant coach right um so where they put athletic training was tier three so right above that part-time bowling coach which was like a really big slap in the face because they didn't view me as to me they didn't view me as being like valuable or anything so what they had me doing was working in the school from 6 30 a.m till 2 40 p.m as a teacher's aide and then once the kids get out of school, so 2.40 until 8, 9, 10 o'clock at night when practices and games were done, and then do it all over again. So it was like insanely long days. And I just asked myself, I was like, why am I working eight plus hours a day doing something that I didn't get a master's degree for? Yeah. And like, it wasn't like, I felt like I was being degraded and it wasn't worth my time, I guess. So that didn't work out because I feel that athletic trainers shouldn't be treated like that. And if people just keep accepting those positions, it's going to give employers the thought that like, okay, this is fine to do. Like, it's fine to treat them like this. So I kind of stood up for myself and I was like, Hey, like something's got to change or I'm out. And they didn't want to change. So I was out and I'm at freighter and I love my job. Like it's literally a dream come true, even though it's with high school. And I never thought, in a day in my graduate degree or graduate schooling, I never thought I would say I like working with high schoolers, but they mm-hmm. are so much fun. Yeah. <laughs> There's so much fun. So no, yeah, de- no, I'm at Freighter. No, definitely. I think you touched on a couple good points there, especially with finding jobs right off the bat. When you look on the job boards, you look on Indeed, you see mm-hmm. all these jobs that are, you know, they'll pay you what, 20000 18000 yep. a year. So I think you, you said it was being selfish, but I think you, you make a really good point in that, honestly, those aren't livable wages in a lot of no. cases. So I and think, that's before taxes. Yeah. So I think <laughs> there's a point where you do actually have to stand up for yourself there and mm-hmm. start trying to find it, even if it means you don't find the ideal spot right away and then we just did an episode talking about having patience and finding the job and working towards the job you want but on the flip side of that kind of like you said if you're gonna work these jobs where you're working 80 hours a week but you're making 18 to twenty thousand dollars a year well how that's not very helpful to you and yeah. not very helpful to athletic training as a profession so i think you made a couple good points there so I guess you got to your high school and said, wasn't your ideal setting right away? Same, mm-hmm. same for me. I, I don't know. I don't know what the future holds, but high school wasn't my favorite, but open-minded to things right now, especially with yep. the job market being kind of what it is right now with yeah. everything <laughs> just all over the place. So I guess talk a little about you get to your high school here, you're adjusting and you're the only athletic trainer, correct? Correct. 
All right. So talk a little bit about how, how that worked for you with it being your first job and any challenges that you ran into with that. Yeah. So the gentleman who was there before me, I've actually known him for like a long, long time. Um, so I knew I had really big shoes to fill. And the first day I go in there, it was like the first day of basketball season. Um, cause I wasn't there for football season. I was at the other school. Mm-hmm. Um, so this, the school that I'm at now, my first day was basketball season, actually the first, first game of the season too. So I was like, all right, like, <laughs> let's just go. Um, but it's definitely a transition as to like the way someone like, so the previous athletic trainer that was there, it's like, oh, well he did it this way. Well, I'm not him. Like there's a right. lot of things that like every, every athletic trainer has their own philosophy, their own theories, like things they do, things they don't do. And like it, as long as the kids get it and like you explain to them why you're changing it, they're fine. But like, it's that initial change and they're like, whoa, 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 what's that? Like, why are you doing that? Why aren't you doing like all that stuff? And then of course, like my biggest fear as my first like certified job where I was on my own was like, at least for me, like the whole like paperwork side of everything. Like I, going into this, I had no idea like all the background forms that go into like a pre-participation physical and permission forms working with minors and Mm-hmm. like just all the paperwork and insurance and if they get hurt all the injury reports you have to fill out and I I mean every clinical rotation I've been at prior to this it's all been like online documentation um, and the place I'm at now shockingly doesn't do online documentation so everything is still done by hand so it's like filling out the good old soap note <laughs> um, but I kind of like that because then each kid has like their own file folder and you just pull it out and everything's there so yeah I think the biggest change was like getting people to buy in that even though I'm not the athletic trainer that they're used to having like I can still do the same job and we're going to get the same results just a different way of going about it I guess right yeah no I think you make a couple good points so how about you elaborate a little bit on it but any advice for any new athletic trainers coming out they get this job wherever it be, whether it be high school, college, any advice for them um, based on what you've experienced so far? I think just like, don't be afraid to make a mistake because you're, you're going to make them. You're going to miss that ACL tear. You're going to miss that concussion and you just have to be okay with it. Like there's, there's no one that I know, at least no athletic trainer out there that's never missed a diagnosis. Right. Um, and I think at first I was really scared. Like I was doing these super long evals, like double checking everything and like coming home and did I, did I make the right decision? Should I set set that kid out? Should I let him play? Like stuff like that. But like, if you don't make a mistake, you're, you're not going to learn and you're not going to grow. And I know that sounds like super cliche, but it's literally so true. I, there's, there's mistakes I've made and now I'm like, okay, now I'll never make that mistake again because I learned from it. Right. And then it's not even like there's been times where, you know, you miss the meniscus tear or there's times where like, I swear your ACL is torn or I swear, I swear this is wrong. And then they go get imaging and the doctor clears them. You're like, what? 
yeah. <laughs> like me and like three other people think you have an ACL tear and the doctor says you're fine. So it's just, you, you have to make the mistakes and that's just like part of the profe- profession, unfortunately. But I think that's like what makes us so good at our professions because we're always like eager to learn. Yeah, no, definitely some good points there. So I guess now we'll kind of bring it up to where we are now. Um, when we're recording this, this is at the end of March. So we are, I guess, right in the middle of the corona pandemic where a lot of things changes in athletics. A lot of athletic, tra- all sports are pretty much canceled at this point. So athletic trainers are uh, moving to different job responsibilities than I guess what we're traditionally associated with. So I guess, can you kind of explain what you're up to now with these changes mm-hmm. occurring? So <laughs> we found out March 13th. I was at track practice. I feel like this is one of those things like 9-11. Like you always know, or for me, because I'm a little bit older than you, like I remember where I was on 9-11. Like I'm going to remember where I was when we found out about a coronavirus. Right. Um, we were at track practice and we actually got an email from, or no, someone saw it that like the state governor declared all schools to be closed. And we were like, what? Are you serious? And then a few hours later, we found out from the school district that schools were going to be closed. So here we are at practice, and we have to tell these kids, like, <laughs> we're not having practice on Monday, or we don't, we don't know when, we'll, like, when you'll be back. So we, the next day, we were supposed to have time trials. And at this point, you know, we're saying bye to the kids, like, See you tomorrow. See you for time trials. You know, telling the seniors, like, this is probably going to be your last run. All this stuff. You know, just how everyone always leaves your, your leaves. And you're like, oh, see you tomorrow. Have a good night. And we get an email Friday night at 1015 at night saying all sports are canceled indefinitely. And so that was, like, the last time I saw my seniors was saying, all right, see you tomorrow for time trials. And then that's it. Um. With that being said, obviously I can't be in the school doing anything with the athletes, but a lot of the athletes who are in season are doing like workouts on their own. Mm-hmm. Obviously like not with coaches or anything, but they're doing their own stuff out outside of school. So like there's still a chance of them getting hurt or like the kids that I was doing rehab with, like they're still going to need rehab even though they can't come in. Mm-hmm. So I've, kind of like set up different ways of communicating with them so they the kids who need it have my cell phone number and um we've been able to zoom and do like virtual rehab kind of um checking in on them and then all of the coaches have my text or have my cell phone and email so the kids can get a hold of me like if they're out of the baseball field and they take a ball to the shin or something so that's the kids have a way to get a hold of me if something does happen. So it's been nice to kind of have those sporadic injuries to kind of keep things normalized. Right. Um, but I am in a physical therapy clinic, basically working as an aide. Um, I'm cleaning tables and ordering linen, yeah. <laughs> which is not, <laughs> not the ideal job right now. Um, but I'm thankful to have a job right now. <laughs> Yeah, um, definitely. I actually said something today. I And since I started athletic training, I have not said, oh, I do not want to go to work today. And today I woke up and I said that. And I was like, 
that's when you know I need to be back in the in the yeah. school. <laughs> I've never said I don't want to go to work and at, since I've been athletic training and now it, I finally like broke down and said it today and I was like oh I just I never thought I'd say I want my athletes back but I really want my athletes yeah back. no definitely definitely a very weird time for everyone whether it be athletic trainers athletes athletic training students so I guess we'll kind of see where this ends up going in the next couple months but yeah definitely a tough time for a lot of people involved mm-hmm. but all right so what we usually do here is we have the at chat five so we have five questions we usually ask at the end so you ready for them go for it all are right. you supposed to be like long answers or just like rapid fire they can be whatever you want so all right i'm yeah. ready all right number one where do you see athletic training as profession going in the next five to ten years so as we know, we have that the big change to an entry-level master's. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess, where personally, where do you see it headed? Um, my view has actually changed since being in the PT clinic. Um, actually, a lot of the therapists didn't even know that like we have athletic trainers. So mm-hmm. ideally, I'd like to see athletic trainers like being treated like physical therapists, just like and like on the field type thing so like you know we can do basically everything that they can do just in a different kind of setting so I'd like to see that connection made more um I mean a lot of the therapists they're like oh we have a new aide I'm like actually my name tag says athletic trainer Mm. and I'm not an aide I've (laughs) done that duty before and I'm I I can I can talk a little bit of rehab with you too yeah Um, so I'd like I'd like to see that like connection made that you know, we are more than just taping ankles and putting a bandaid on things. Like we, we have that master's degree. We have that extra education. We have that background and knowledge. And a lot of us do like research and are nerdy like that. So yeah. we actually know what we're talking about, not just the people on the sidelines with water, which yeah. water is also important, but we can do more than that. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. All right. I kind of asked you this already, but we'll see if you have something else. Um, what advice would you give to yourself as actually we'll change it. The original question would be what advice would you give to yourself as a young athletic trainer? Kind of answered that already, but so I'll change it to what advice would you give to a student entering a master's program? Oh, entering a master's program. Yep. Ooh. Um, I don't think you can work a job and go to school at the same time. So yeah. <laughs> I actually had a student who was shadowing me during basketball season who was applying to athletic training, an athletic training program. And he was asking me like, oh, is it a lot of, is it a lot of research? Is it a lot of writing papers? Is it, a, can I work? And I'm like, yes, yes. And no. <laughs> yeah. um, so like, just like be prepared. Like it's going to be your life for that two years and you just have to accept it. Like, kind of everything goes on hold but mm-hmm. it's worth it and if that's what you want like you just have to push through because like it in the end it's in the end it's worth it and in the end like you're gonna end up where you want to be right no definitely I I didn't even try the job thing I, that I was already being crushed so that just wasn't gonna happen <laughs> for me but all right so here's one what has been the most influential resource you found in your career so far? And whether that be including 
in school at clinicals or within your first year here? I honestly think just like, don't be afraid to ask questions and talk to people. So like a ton of my preceptors, I'm still in contact with. And especially being the only athletic trainer at my school, like if I have a question, there's no one there with me to ask. So like, I'll text my preceptor and be like, hey, I have this going on. Like, what do you recommend? Or what do you think I should do? Or do you think this is right? So like, honestly, like use people as your resource because they've been through it. And if they haven't, they probably know someone who has. Like you can read any book you want to, but let's be real, athletic training is not by the book. And it's so much like real life situations. And honestly, like just, just asking people questions or just, just keeping in contact with them. Because if you want a job and they know someone who knows someone who works there, you have that much higher of a chance of getting that job. So like staying in contact with your preceptors and networking. So like if you see someone on Twitter and you like retweet their something, their research, be like, just connect with them. Like, Hey, like your research was really cool. Or Hey, like that picture is really cool. And just get to know them and honestly connect because like, if we don't connect as a community, then we're just going to keep this like, bad name on athletic training and we're right. not we're never going to grow as a profession if we all just kind of like try and like beat each other and like one up each other we just need to like come together as one and just accept it right no definitely some good advice all right this is usually a fun one to see because people usually have answers that go across the board here if you could change or eliminate one thing whether that be a modality a common practice a mindset whatever in athletic training what would it be I was talking with one of the physical therapists today and I said, cause I questioned him because I think we all need to be questioned at times. Mm -hmm. And I said, so why did you do that? And he had a patient with a shoulder in and did something and I wasn't doing it to be like snotty. I was doing it cause I like legitimately want to know like why, why you had that patient do that. And he's like, well, I, I do it with all my shoulders. I said, but why? And I think, and I, you'll feel this as you get more into like your career, but like you have an ankle sprain that walks through the door and you automatically have this like set of like three things you're going to have them do. But in reality, like, why are we having them do that? Right. Right. So like you, I think before you have an athlete or a patient or a client do anything, you need to ask yourself, why are they doing this? And what are they going to gain from it? Mm -hmm. I, like, for example, I had, so many athletes that walk in and they say, Hey, can I do those cool boots? Like talking about Norma tech boots. And I said, well, do you know what they do? Well, they make my legs feel good or no, no, I don't know what they do, but I saw so-and-so do it. Okay. Well, if you don't know why you're using them, then why do you want to use them? Right. right? Yeah. So I think, I think everyone just needs to kind of like step back and get out of the mindset of don't get stuck in a routine treat each patient like it's an injury you've never seen before and try and come up with at least one new exercise or something out of the box to just like keep it fresh. Otherwise you're going to get so bored if you have a shoulder and knee and an ankle and they're all doing the same thing that your past shoulder knees and ankles have done. Yeah, no, definitely a hundred percent agree with that. And actually uh, my former preceptor who acts is the other co-host to this Joel. So shout out Joel. When I had my rotation with him, he kind of introduced me to the three why test. So if you ask, if you can explain why for three different reasons, like why are you doing this? Okay, 
why and then why if you can actually have like a deep enough reason he's like go ahead do it but he challenged me with that a lot actually mm-hmm. and it made me definitely think about why am I doing what am I do what I'm doing so definitely 100% agree with that uh last question for you and kind of works out because when we're recording this this is the end of national athletic training month so mm-hmm. the big one here what does being an athletic trainer mean to you so this one was hard for me at first because I like wanted to come up with this like super unique answer. Right. Um, but honestly, like I thought about it and I just thought back to like, I call them my kids, but my, my athletes, like, and what they tell me, like they call me mom or like, Oh, you're a role model or, Oh, now I want to be an athletic trainer. Cause I saw what you're doing. So it's like being a role model to these kids, advocating for the profession, educating them about what athletic trainers actually do. You know, we're not just the person that's, oh, if you come to me, I'm going to hold you out of practice because you're hurt. You know, we're more than that. I've had people, girls come in my, my office and just cry to me because their boyfriends broke up with them. Like, it's so much more than just that physical aspect. It's that emotional support and social support that you're there for these kids. And I think if you can make that connection with them, you're going to get so much further in the physical, like how, how much they're willing to tell you, like, are they going to be honest with you? Are they actually hurt? You know, you know what I mean? Like if, if, right. if you can gain their trust, they're going to be so much more open with you about their injuries and not try and hide things and be scared of you. And you're going to grow so much more with them and get so much more out of them. Definitely. All right. Next all the questions we have for you. Uh, anything else you want to share before we let you go here? Um, happy National Athletic Training Month. Yes. Happy it didn't Athletic. really end the way we wanted it to, but, you know, we made the best of it. So Definitely. my first National Athletic Training Month as a certified. So I think I got 13 good days of it. So hopefully next year we'll get a whole month. Oh, definitely. <laughs> All right. Um, and then if people want to find you, is there a way that they can find you easiest or Twitter? anything like that um twitter i'm let me check my i have a youtube channel that i just started definitely oh it's we called can... what go ahead sorry <laughs> oh it's called the athletic trainer um right now it's just a bunch of covid19 weekly updates and stuff like that um my twitter is samantha underscore atc and that's where i'm most active Awesome. We'll, we'll definitely throw up uh, links for both the Twitter and the YouTube page here on the episode sheet. But um, no, thank you for uh, talking. It was good to catch up there a little bit. So Yes, of course. Um, yeah, thank you. And we'll see you. Hopefully we can connect again sometime soon. Yes. <laughs> All, right. All right. Thank you. Yeah.